Welcome to our back porch. Once again, we want to just tell you how much we love being here on the back porch and we thank you for joining us here. Thank you also for the ways that you have shared how this time on the back porch has been a ministry to you and that has been our prayer. Each time we sit here and talk with you, that is our prayer that it be a ministry. Uh, the past two weeks we have talked about the ways that God loves us and shows his love for us and then last week we talked about the ways that we can show our love for God and so just a couple of those the first way that we show our love for God is to make him a priority in our lives front and center love him with all our heart soul mind and strength and then another way is to pursue him to pursue knowing him and to have a longing to be in his presence um, that is such a beautiful way to love God. And then last, that we love him through true worship and through a time in his word spent with him as we grow to love his word. <clears throat> so today we're going to take time uh, to talk about taking this to the next step. And that is how we can live a life that honors God. So to honor someone is to revere them or to hold them in high respect. So we honor certain people because of their perceived value or because of the position that they hold. There are places throughout God's word where he instructs, instructs us in how we should honor people or who we should honor. For example, Deuteronomy 5.16 tells us that we are to honor our parents. Leviticus 19.32 encourages us to honor the elderly. 1 Peter 2.13 says to submit and honor all human authority and rule over us. So along with those, there are also scriptures that tell us how we can honor God. So today that's what we want to share with you, ways that we can honor God. And we just think these are so crucial as we uh, just continue to seek that union with Christ and grow in our union with Christ. It's important that we honor God in order to have that union with him. So let me pray before we start. Father, we come to you and we just ask you to open our hearts and our minds today to receive the truth that you have for us, Lord, that we would just listen uh, with hearts that are ready to hear and uh, feet that are ready to put it into action. Teach us how to honor you today. Teach us how to grow in just the ways that we, we live our lives um, that are directed to your glory and um, to bringing you um, praise and honor and, and love. Lord, thank you for your word that guides us as we look in it, into it today. Um, let it be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So first, we honor God with our time by making wise decisions with our time. Uh, this may be the most crucial thing we talk about because um, we are all busy. Uh, time is an interesting and unique resource. Um, it cannot be acquired or stockpiled like money. Um, it can't, we, we are forced to spend it, whether we choose to spend it or not. And it comes to us at a fixed rate of 60 seconds per minute. It cannot be turned off and on like a machine. It cannot be paused uh, like we do our TVs. It cannot be replaced and it cannot be retrieved. And so the problem we've each face uh, is not the amount of time that our sovereign God has allotted to us, but it's really our mindset, our, our idea of 
time and life itself and how we will choose to use the precious time that God has given us. Um, Ephesians 5, uh, starting with verse 8, says, Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of the Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light, the light that reveals Jesus. That's our mission. Paul is telling us how we are to live as Christ followers, and, and our mission is to flood this dark world with the light of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we make that mission of a, pri a, a priority in our life, when that becomes the center of our life, then uh, verse 9 says we will see supernatural fruit like goodness and righteousness and truth because we are living in the center of what God has for, designed for us to do. And then verse 10 says, and then you will be able to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. Um, in other words, as we live with intention to honor our Lord um, with our time, which is to live on mission, to, to do what he's called us to do, then we will see the results in the way we live, the way we think, and then choosing how we spend our time becomes easier because we have come to know the Lord more as we serve him on mission. Um, so he has designed us to fulfill that mission to, to share the light of Jesus with the dark world. Uh, Psalm 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And numbering our days there is really meant to say that we should be intentional with the number of our days. So numbering our days means that we would evaluate the way we use the time that we're given. And honestly, we're going to get personal here. If you're too busy to do the important things in life, and that obviously is to spend time with the Lord, uh, to spend time in His Word, to spend time in worship, and to spend time with your family. If you are unable to do those things because you are too busy, then it's time to ask yourself the question, why? I'm sure that we have all experienced times when life felt like it got out of control uh, time-wise. We, we just were, were just running in circles, and, and we almost felt like our pursuit of God and coming to know Him more was completely out of reach. And often we would say, um, there are just not enough hours in the day. And when we say that, that should be a, a clue that we are too busy. And so I want to share with you four reasons why people might choose busyness. I know you're thinking, who chooses busyness? But we do by making our choices. And so the first is people may choose busy because of their egos. Ouch. Um, People, our culture has taught us that people who are busy are important. They're important people because they're busy. Calendars that are crowded indicate that we are valuable to other people, to our job, to our ministry. Um, and I will confess to you that there was a time in my life when busyness felt spiritual. And that is a lie of the enemy. Don't allow that to settle on you. That's a lie of the enemy. The second reason people may choose to be busy may be a cover for laziness. 
I know, I keep saying these hard words. Um, but some people stay busy by packing their calendars with all kinds of activities, extracurricular activities, with our kids, um, even ourselves. And, and then, of course, there's TV time. Um, let me add in Netflix time uh, and social media. And sometimes we are choosing to do all of those things uh, really to avoid more important or difficult responsibilities. So there's that. And people may choose to be busy because of greed. People are busy, busy, busy because they, their priorities are upside down. Uh, they want more. Uh, they, ne they are never satisfied and enough is never enough. And so it, greed is not always just for money. Uh, it's also for power or recognition or prestige, uh, for really purchasing and gathering possessions, and then also for a future financial security. We will, we will find ourselves too busy working toward that. People may also choose to be busy because they're more concerned about pleasing people rather than God. Uh, many of us struggle with how to say no to people when we're asked to do something. We all must learn to say no, and we all must learn to establish boundaries. And both of those are very important to us if we are going to work to keep God's priority, His mission for us, in the center of our lives. If we don't choose what we should or should not do, someone else will choose for us. Listen to Ephesians 5. Uh, 15 and 16. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. And I would just add to that, we're living in hard times. So it goes on to say, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. And remember our mission we, we read that earlier. Our mission is to flood a dark world with the light of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love this quote from Jean Fleming in one of my favorite books called Pursue the Intentional Life. And she says, God is not asking me to number my days by increasing my pace, but rather to examine my route. And so I would, I would ask you today, are you on the right path, the right route? to get to that place where you are living on mission for God, fulfilling that most central thing he's called us to do. Proverbs 3 says, if you will seek him, he will show you which path to take very, very clearly. So time is not about being busy. Time is about being intentional with the time that God has given us. Let me pray for us. Father, help us to understand how brief our time may be that our days are numbered. And may we recognize this not in a fearful way, but may we be challenged by this truth. I pray, Lord, that we would want to look like you and we would want to be on mission to allow the, the light of Jesus Christ to shine through us and other people would see you. So today, Lord, may we just open our hands and give you our time and our calendars and our choices and may we acknowledge you in all we do and wait for you to show us the path that we are to take. 
We thank you, Father, that you will do that for us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. So we also honor God with our money and our resources. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do you treasure your wealth or your things? Do you hold on to them and use them for your own pleasure or for building your own kingdom? Or do you offer your things, your treasures to the Lord so that he can use them for building his kingdom? Matthew 6.21 reminds us, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. One way that we can honor God with our money is by giving. It's easy for the love of money to take root in our hearts. Uh, we begin to look at all of the things that we have as if they're ours and not, not as though they have been given to us by the Lord, which they have. So giving is really a great antidote for the love of money because if you are willing to hold out your hands to the Lord and say, use these things as you will, God, then there's no way that the love of money can, can hold root in your heart because you have just given it all to the Lord. Uh, but when we focus on our things, we, we tighten our grasp around those things and we don't want to let them go. We don't want to give them to the Lord and that's when we need to examine our hearts and pray that the Lord would, would open our hearts so that we can uh, surrender all of the things because they're not ours to begin with. Um, the Bible reminds us in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 and 7, that true godliness, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. We have our wealth and contentment in seeking the Lord. We don't need those things. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So as Christ followers, we can honor God by giving our money to support the local church and uh, the building of his kingdom in our, in our local communities. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor God with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And then in Malachi 3, 10, God promises to bless us when we honor him with our tithes and our offerings. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He is encouraging us. He is challenging us to trust him enough to give those tithes and those offerings to support the local mission uh, through our local churches and see what he's going to do. See how he'll bless you. And then we also honor God by giving to the poor and to the needy. In Proverbs 19, 17, it says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. All throughout Scripture, we see God's heart for the poor and for the needy, and continually he is encouraging his people to look after them, to look after those who are in need. Our God is the ultimate giver. The more we develop a giver's heart, the more we become like God, and then we demonstrate our own love for him in those things. And then we don't just honor God with our money. We also honor him with the many resources that he's given us. In the first church, when we look in Acts, we see how the believers were so willing to share whatever they had, and then the gospel was multiplied. Acts 4, 32 through 34 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to, st to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, and there were no needy persons among them. How amazing would that be if we saw that in our church today, if we were willing to give everything we have to share with those in need? What would God do with the gospel? So what are some resources that you can use to honor God? Maybe that means opening your home for a small group. 
Maybe that means using your car to drive someone who doesn't have one or is in need. Maybe that means cooking a meal for someone who's sick or a family who just had a new baby. Look around and ask the Lord this week what things that you have that he can use for his kingdom and for his glory. And the answer might be something that you just don't expect. It might be something uh, totally creative and new that you hadn't thought of before. So I want to leave you with one last thought before I pray. It comes from Acts 20, 35. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Father, we just come and we want to open our hands to you. Lord, we acknowledge that everything that we have has, is a blessing from you. It has come from you. Help us to be good stewards over what you have given us, over our money, our wealth, but also over the resources, the abundant resources that we all have. Lord, help us to be givers, faithful in giving to our local church and our local body, but also faithful in giving to those who are in need around us. Lord, we want to honor you in giving what you have already given to us. We ask these things in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, the next one is we must honor God in our bodies. And I know you're thinking you are getting way too personal here. Um, but that's just what the scripture says. And so I want to talk about three different ways that um, we dishonor God with our bodies. And, and we want to work toward finding the honor that we can. Uh, we're going to uh, first... Corinthians chapter 6 and it starts with uh, verse 18 run from sexual sin no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. God bought us, and, and we want to talk today about those ways. We dishonor God in our sexuality. We find in Scripture that references to sexual sin are often accompanied by explanations just like that in verse 18, that no, no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Um, and we can't argue with that. And we have, uh, over the course of the history of mankind, society and culture have attempted to nullify God's design for our sexuality. Uh, but it is in our personal choices, the choices that we can make, that we can achieve sexual health that is both physical and spiritually honoring to God. Uh, when temptation comes, we have the ability to make good choices because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And that passage just said, do you not know that your body is the temple? Have you ever considered that? That your body is the, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? Just how amazing is that? When we made the decision to accept God's gift of salvation by faith in his son Jesus we made the choice to give ourselves completely to him spirit soul and body heart mind and will um, and so we give we do not own our body we it belongs to him uh, the other way we dishonor God is with our tongue and sometimes we dishonor God 
with words toward God. We should never use God's name as an exclamation point. Uh, we should use God's name only in honoring him. And then we, it, the way we speak to other people, whether in person or on social media, uh, sometimes harsh words are spoken and we talk about other people. And James 3 says all kinds of animals can be tamed, but the tongue can is hard to tame. Uh, how powerful is that? He continues to say that sometimes the tongue praises the Lord and at other times it speaks harshly to others. So we, we need to be aware of our words and let's use our words that would be honoring to God, whether we're talking to other people or whether we're speaking to the Lord. And then we dishonor God with the things we put into our bodies, often disregarding the effects that it might have on our health. God created these amazing bodies. Um, he created it so that each organ and each system would work in synchrony to maintain health. And we can't avoid genetic diseases and bacterial infections and viruses and cancer. Um, quite often those cannot be avoided. We live in a sinful world and sickness comes as a part of that. But God has asked us to be wise in caring for this amazing body that he has given us. So let that be a challenge to you today and understand that God's grace is always there ready to be poured out on us. None of us achieve all of these things perfectly. Um, so we continue to go back to him and ask for his grace and strength. Let me pray for us. Father, we surrender our bodies to you today. Though through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, press upon us the need to make choices that would honor you and our bodies. We want to be image bearers of Christ. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. And finally, we honor God with our service. As Christ followers, we have each been given a spiritual gift, and we honor God with those gifts when we use them for his glory. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. And then Romans 12, 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. God gives his people the ability to excel in particular areas of ministry in order to, to serve others and to further his kingdom. You have gifts that are uniquely given to you, and the body needs you to use those gifts in service. We also honor God as we love and serve others, the people around us. 1 John 4.20 says, If we don't love people whom we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? So we love God by loving people. Jesus is the ultimate example of love, humility, and service. He washed his disciples' feet and left an example for us to do the same, to serve others in humility, um, and doing the things that no one else wants to do. Uh, he says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So as we love and serve others, we are showing the world that we love God. We are also an example of God's love. For some people, that's the only thing they're going to know of Christ is, is how you love them and how you serve them. So as Jesus lived his life in service, he was not distracted by time or what other people thought about him or a list of tasks that he needed to accomplish every day. He was led by the Holy Spirit and he followed God's prompting to serve, to love, and to help others. Uh, no task was ever beneath Jesus and no person was ever unworthy. 
So to be a servant means that we genuinely care about people. But what does that look like? How can we truly love even the most unlovable person? I'm going to give you four things. First, ask Jesus for a heart change. If you struggle to have a heart that loves people, ask the Lord to give it to you and he will just be open for him to work and to move in you that way. The second thing is to take a look at your schedule. As Cindy said, if you're so busy that you have no time for God or for other people, you need to re-examine that and, and leave margin in your day um, for those opportunities, for the Spirit to lead you to opportunities to serve people. Uh, begin by placing others first in your day. So find ways to, to be aware of the needs of others. Look for them and then put those above your own needs. Maybe there's something you want to do or need to do, uh, but you see someone else in need. Go and do that first and then take care of your needs. And then number four, listen to God and do what he says. So follow God's prompting and leading in your life. Ask him to show you someone whom you can serve today. And then listen for him. And when he, when he tells you to do it, go and do it. Follow through. Um, and you'll know. You'll feel his spirit. You'll know. So the second greatest commandment that Jesus gives us um, after loving God is to love others. So that's a big deal. You know, um, in these days, our opinions at times seem more important than the actual people. So would you stop and ask yourself how you could better minister to people? We are using so much of our energy just trying to be right. Um, but let's join together and let's do what we know is right. And that's what the scripture says. Love one another. We know that's right. That's, that's right from God's word. So let's pray. Father, we come and we just humble ourselves before you. We want to be your servants. We want to serve others. Uh, use us to serve others, Lord. Forgive us where we don't love. Give us a heart to love others as you have loved them and to put their needs above our own. Lead us to those places of service, Lord, in the church, but also with the needy and poor that are around us. God, we trust that you will. And we ask these things in your mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We hope that this has been challenging to you today, but we also want to acknowledge that some of the things we've talked about today could be affecting you um, and your life in the form of addictions. Uh, becoming a workaholic or um, having an eating disorder or being addicted to drugs or alcohol or sex or pornography or even gambling. Um, we in no way want to make light of those struggles. Um, we want you to know that we would be honored to pray for you. Uh, we would love to point you to resources that could be helpful to you. And most of all, we stand with you in the love and power and grace of Jesus Christ. We want you to know that God's grace is, he so wants to pour that out over you and bring you freedom from those addictions, those things that hold you back. Um, he wants to step into that. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of Christ followers. We believe in healing. We also know that God has raised up people who are trained and ready to uh, help. Uh, if you are struggling, we would love for you um, to let us know how we could help you. We would love for you to give us an opportunity to pray for you and, and to direct you to resources. You can email us personally at freedomprayer at magnoliasfirst.org. Um, that email is completely confidential and will just be shared with us. 
Um, and then if you would like, we could schedule a time to pray with you or to help direct you to resources. That is our prayer for you today. God's grace is abundant. His desire is freedom. The things we've talked about that we're dishonoring to God. He wants to help us move to that place where there is a freedom in our spirit um, and that those things come easily. So let me close this in prayer. Father, we just come to you today and say, teach us your ways, O God, that we may live according to your truth. Grant us purity of heart and mind and body so that we can honor you Father, renew our strength and guide us along right paths so we might bring honor to your name. It is our desire to honor you and make your name famous to those around us. May they see the light of Jesus. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed week. (laughs) 